Two Sundays ago, my six-year-old and I were talking about the colors of the hangings and vestments in church, about the deep purple that was there for Lent, about the stark red and black that would be put up for Holy Week. And so she asked, what color would it be for Easter? And I said, white. And she said, boring. (laughs) Easter should be rainbow colors, she said. After all, Easter eggs are lots of different colors. She gave me permission to share that story, which I think has a lot of wisdom in it. And although our hangings are white, I think that our flowers today are bringing some of that rainbow. But that idea actually echoes one of the legends, one of the many legends of the origins of the Easter egg. So the story goes in this version, that Mary Magdalene, as she went to the tomb on that Sunday morning, was carrying a basket of boiled eggs to share with the other women so that they'd have some sustenance after they had done the grievous work of anointing Jesus' body. And when she met the risen Jesus, the eggs in her basket miraculously turned all the colors of the rainbow. There are lots of variations of that story. In some of them, the eggs all turn red. In another version, Mary Magdalene goes as an apostle and missionary all the way to the city of Rome, where she gets an audience with Caesar himself, who scoffs at her and says, a man could no more rise from the dead than that egg in your hand could turn red. And so, of course, at that moment, so it does. Those stories come largely from a part of the world that is much in our awareness today, from Eastern Europe, from Poland and Ukraine. A part of the world that knows very much the experience of Holy Week, the suffering of the cross. And a part of the world that also carries with it a deep spirituality grounded in the hope of the resurrection. When you see an Eastern Orthodox icon of Mary Magdalene, it's likely that you'll see her depicted holding an egg. And that's fitting because Mary Magdalene is the first witness to the resurrection. She's the first witness to the resurrection of Jesus whom death couldn't hold captive, who breaks out of the grip of death into new life. The tomb cracked open, the stone rolled away, death itself cracked open lying in pieces at his feet like a broken eggshell. Mary Magdalene is often called the apostle to the apostles. She's the very first witness, the one who first shared the good news with everyone else, the one on whose testimony the other apostles first depended. It matters that the first apostle is a woman someone who in her place and time is treated as lesser, someone whose testimony wouldn't be legally admissible in court. One of the reasons many scholars tell us that it's so likely historically that women truly were the first witnesses to the resurrection 
is that the early church probably wouldn't have told it that way otherwise. The story would have been more credible if it could have been men who had been witnesses. But it was women. And so the story was told. And so the story remained. Not that the other apostles were necessarily always perfect recipients of that good news. Last night we heard Luke's gospel version of this same story, which says that when the men first heard Mary and the other women tell of the resurrection, they thought it was, quote, an idle tale. A response familiar to many women who have had difficulty being believed, being taken seriously by men. And so in that way, Mary for us stands in solidarity with all of God's children who might be on the margins in their own place, in their own time. With everyone whose experience and testimony is easily ignored or written off and who nonetheless holds fast to the truth as they understand it. So it matters that Jesus appears first to Mary and not only appears to her, but calls her by name. Mary, he says. And in that one moment, she sees him. She knows him because she is known by him. Probably the most beautiful Easter eggs in the world are the ones that come from Ukraine called Pisanki. Maybe you've seen them. They're intricately patterned, made in a painstaking process. When I was a teenager, the mother of a classmate led a workshop, and I remember being shown how to make one. Taking a stylus filled with wax, heating it up until the wax melted, covering the parts of the egg that were to remain white with the wax, then bathing the egg in a dye solution of the lightest shade, maybe a yellow or light pink, taking it out with the whole egg now yellow or pink except for the parts covered by the wax, applying a new coating of wax to those parts that should stay that light color and dyeing it the next darker shade and the next and the next, each bath rendering most of the egg a darker color until finally heating up the egg, melting the wax, and seeing the rainbow emerge. This Easter, those Ukrainian pisanki, of course, have taken on a new meaning, a sign not just of Easter joy, but also of the yearning for hope, for peace, for freedom, in a time of profound devastation and horror and grief. The experience of war is an experience that is very close to the mystery of Holy Week. We as a congregation have journeyed through that mystery in these last days. The experience of betrayal, the experience of trauma, the experience of violence, of death that comes too soon, too suddenly, the experience of lament. In Holy Week, we come close to God's taking on of all our human nature, including our sorrow. 
And in Easter, we come close to God's triumph over evil. A triumph that gives us hope. A triumph that gives us an assurance of God's love and presence, even in the midst of our despair. The sacrament where we are joined with Jesus in his dying and in his rising is holy baptism. And this morning, we are celebrating the holy baptism of two newest members of the body of Christ. When we go down into the waters, we are joined with Jesus. We are dipped in the baptismal waters like an egg and dyed with the life of Jesus. And there is no layer of wax to keep any part of us from it. We take on Christ and we are stained with him and coated in him, in his immortality, in his love. And his life clings to us forever. Today, Richard and Marlene will take on that life. In Ukraine, after making your batch of pisanki, you might give some to friends and neighbors, to children, to a beloved teacher or an elder. You might also have a pisanka or two blessed and keep it in your home for the year the way you might keep a blessed palm cross from Palm Sunday or a little holy water, something sacred and domestic, a sign of God's presence in the ordinary. And traditionally, if a loved one died during the year, you might tuck a pisanka into the coffin as a farewell blessing. Today, perhaps, there are pisanki being tucked into coffins today by grieving loved ones. Just as Mary came to tend to the lifeless body of her loved one. Jesus, today, is there wherever God's children are grieving. And Jesus offers hope, not a cheap hope, that says, don't worry, everything will be okay. Because sometimes it won't. What Jesus offers is a deeper hope that says, even when everything is as far from okay as it possibly can be, God's love is not defeated. And God's love holds us, even through the power of death itself. Jesus Christ is risen. Mary Magdalene was the first witness, but not the last. Through 20 centuries, Jesus' friends have been meeting him again and again and discovering their own lives transformed. They meet him sometimes in profound, mystical, or visionary experiences, but mostly not. A lot of Jesus' friends meet him in the words of Scripture, leaping off the page to touch and transform their hearts. Or they meet him in the sacrament of bread and wine transformed into his own self and feeding us in our bodies and spirits. Or they meet him in an act of kindness or in the face of a neighbor in need. Jesus is showing up. He's showing up today. He's here in this place today to meet you. 
And he is saying your name. Whoever you are, among the incredible rainbow of God's children, whatever it is that brought you here today, whether it's a long-standing practice of faith or a deep, conflicted yearning for something, whether it's joyful music or childhood memory, or just because somebody you love dragged you here, (laughs) Jesus is here. He loves you and calls you by name. And he offers you his own life, a life that has known everything the power of death has to throw at it. A life that nonetheless can never die.